Alrighty. Alright, well, uh, as, uh, as I've been taking the lead for these, welcome to the Untitled Van Life Project, everybody. I am Q. You're more confident with every episode. I know, I know. Ah, I know, I know. <laughs> this is, uh, what's this segment called? Oh, Midday Conversations with Q. Although midday it currently ramblings. Midday ramblings. Sorry, on, midday midday ramblings. Midday ramblings, and here I am rambling away. It's not exactly midday, but I am with Caleb and Amy, your hosts of the Untitled Van Life Project. And but you're the host of, my... of Midday Ramblings with Q. I kind of like that. And, Am I? A, I mean, I've I've kind of taken it on. I like it. All right. Well, <laughs> I like it too. Uh, I did too. Take it away, Cusick. Well, you guys, so you recommended the show to us in the first place, so that's this is all, all right. Your fault. All right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so. that, that's true. This is my fault. I take full responsibility. So this has been the longest gap uh, from episode to episode. The first three episodes we talked about probably in the course of I don't know, maybe it was like a week or two break in between each, but we have not talked at least about the Midnight Gospel, in almost two months. Uh, but today we're talking... I know, mine does too. I mean, but there, was today... a lot, there was a lot to chew on on those first three episodes, you know? That's true, that's so true. And there's a lot. do three episodes, do a two-month break, three more episodes, another two-month break. I, th- I, think the la- I think the last episode will probably take us uh, a whole year to talk about. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but today we're talking about episode four of the Midnight Gospel. Uh, this one's also got plenty, plenty of uh, substance to talk about. Uh, let's see. The guest was Trudy Goodman, who uh, actually, Amy, you read a little bit more about Trudy Goodman. I know she's. Amy always reads uh, up on the, I, on the people yeah. she has. I well, I read up about her, but you knew of her before this. I did. True. True. When I was um, tw- twenty-three, true Trudy. Uh, when I was Trudy. like twenty, when I was twenty-three or twenty-four, Trudy. and ju- and just getting into uh, meditation and doing like Buddhist weekend retreats, um, I was doing. Uh, it was like Theravada, the Theravada sect of Buddhism, which the the mindfulness meditation is called Vipassana which is what she specializes in. And so I don't know if I had read something of hers or listened to like a short lecture of hers. I don't remember exactly how I was familiar with her, but I'm slightly familiar with her. But you did a little bit more research on her, Amy. So fill us in. <laughs> I mean, so basically Trudy Goodman, like you said, she um, she kind of has two skill sets. One of them is meditation, specifically the Vipassana, and it was the Trayavada. What was the? Skill set. Theravada. Theravada. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, ricotta? <laughs> kind of like ricotta <laughs> cheese, but think meditation. And then she also is, um, she's very knowledgeable in the psychotherapy realm as well. So she kind of has uh, made her life about kind of those two learnings that she's taken and she has created a lot of centers she hosts retreats like you had mentioned um kind of taking her knowledge from vipassana meditation and psychotherapy and creating these spaces for people to dive deeper into themselves and explore themselves a little bit more which is really cool indeed and um in episode four uh, I, there's plenty to talk about, but I, I would say the main subject of episode four is the concept of forgiveness, um, how hard it can be to forgive others, and I guess they didn't talk about it as much, but also just self-forgiveness is also mm-hmm. certainly a, um, an obstacle and a struggle for many people. I lump myself into that category. How? Um, I'll, bring, I'll bring you into this, Caleb. How do you view forgiveness? Like when you hear the word forgiveness, like what do you like? What is that to you? Um, I like how Trudy described it, I think, in the show, which I'm going to butcher completely, but kind of just like a letting go of, you know, like you don't, or maybe it was Duncan or Clancy. He says like, you don't have to be like best friends with the person, Mm -hmm. but you can like let go of any like anger or harboring ill will towards like what happened in the past where you feel like you can forgive them. Um, So that's kind of how I view it, I guess. I think a misconception that I was brought up with when it comes to forgiveness or kind of what I took away about forgiveness was like someone or you, someone does something bad to you, you forgive them. And so like my little kid brain took that in like, you say it's okay. Mm -hmm. And 
as you get older, obviously you start to learn these circumstances where you're like, well, what if the thing they did is not okay? Mm-hmm. So like, do you just not forgive them then? And so I resonate with that definition or like that idea of forgiveness as well is I think it's more forgiveness is like you do it for yourself more than the other person. If someone does something to you that's like really bad or really wrong, if you can just, I it's think like you, you were moving forward yes. with it in, within yes. yourself. So you move through moving this time of, it. I'm sure, these feelings of anger and hatred and resentment towards the person, but eventually you let it go. And that doesn't mean that it's okay and they can just do it again and you'll keep forgiving them. It's more something you do internally mm-hmm. as opposed to externally. So opposed to looking to the person and being like, I forgive you, it's okay. It's more the in, inner work. Yes. What do you think, Indeed. Hussein? Indeed, yeah, I think uh, forgiveness, I liked how Clancy was just like, I kind of see like, he used the uh, metaphor of he had, he struggled doing pull-ups and he was like, yeah. forgiveness Forgiveness is the pull-ups of um, meditation and, and uh, mindfulness and it's, it's very difficult. Um, one thing I kind of thought, because I've I've certainly created a, or had a few enemies in my in my life, and uh, what? Yeah, you know, yeah. I've I've I mean I've done. I mean, you and I were enemies at one point. Who the stormcloaks or the imperials? Wait, which side were you on? Um, I was uh, I think a stormcloak, and then I was an imperial, and or then I was you... a stormcloak again. <laughs> Were you a Stark and you got really pissed at the Baratheons and Lannisters because they killed your dad? Whoa. Spoiler alert. Pretty much. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't seen that show. Yeah, we're, they don't we're, even know we're what getting, talking about. You're right. I'm not going to yeah. yeah. Well, Well, winter is coming, though. But, um, <laughs> no, one thing I was thinking about is, yeah, I, I did like kind of like forgiveness is more this internal thing. But one thing that I thought about, especially watching it and thinking about some enemies that I have made in my lifetime is it wasn't even so much that I necessarily forgave them in a sense. It's that I started hoping that they would become better people, which that sounds kind of judgmental, which it is actually, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, but it's like a, it's a genuine, like, you kind of realize if you want the world to become a better place, you know, I think your initial instinct is like, I wish my enemy would just fucking die and then the world would be a better place. But it's like, you should wish, and this is kind of um, the first, uh, actually, Caleb, I think you read this book, Mindfulness in Plain English is a book that I have. And it was one of the first books I read um, when I was getting into meditation by Bant Gunaratana. I highly suggest it. If y'all are looking to uh, get into meditation and don't have a teacher but want a solid book, check out Mindfulness. Kakuna Matata. Matata. Um, And we're talking about frittata uh, meditation. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, there's the... Oh, Trudy. Um, but yeah, there's this aspect in in that book of just like you should you should learn to wish your enemy well, not because it's easy to do, and not even because you necessarily want to wish them well. But it's kind of this practice of to want the world to become a better place. When you hate someone, maybe your initial feeling is like the world would be a better place if that person was just off the planet. And it's like, well, maybe the world would be a better place if that person you know, had a aha moment, a eureka moment where they realized like, oh, I've, I have been shitty at times. Maybe I was shitty to, or maybe they realized they were shitty to me. Maybe they realized they were shitty in some other way, but they're like, oh, I need to improve. And so it's kind of wishing well upon them, not that they'll gain lots of riches and material goods, but that they'll gain insight and wisdom and that if your enemy gains insight and wisdom, perhaps they will improve themselves and be more of a light unto the world. So that was kind of what I thought of as forgiveness. It's not so much, I mean, there definitely is an aspect of learning to let go of the anger that you harbor um, and the resentment that you have for them and kind of letting that dissipate over time, which it's not as easy as obviously snapping your fingers and it might not happen quickly. It's a process. Um, yeah, but but the idea of just like, oh, I don't want that 
learning to stop wishing ill on that person, which I think is something that I definitely have meditated on. It's just like, if if someone wrongs me, there might be, you know, a week or a month where I'm just like, oh, I hate that person, and I just hope they stub their toe every morning, and I hope they blah, 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 whatever. And then there's a point where it's just like, no, I actually, I want to stop hoping that, not because I've completely forgiven them, but there's this hope that they will... Um, like I said, this is kind of a snooty, Trudy snooty, um, uh, uh, a, a snooty yeah, kind of judge. They'll improve themselves to well, right that yeah. wrong in the future if they I come don't think it. it's snooty because I think it, okay, I think it's snooty if you stop there, if you don't hold yourself to that standard as well. I think it's not snooty, snooty. Snooty, snooty. I don't think it's snooty if you hold yourself to the same standard as well. It's like if you do something really shitty to someone because you're a human being and we're not, just because, I think if you hold yourself to that same standard of like, okay, instead of just beating myself up over this for the rest of my life and like wish, wishing all this ill stuff on myself because I did this horrible thing, really turning inward and being like okay I did that but how can I be better like what can I learn from this how can I move forward and grow from this so I think holding yourself to the same standard as you would hold someone else if they were doing something shitty to you or someone you love makes that comment not as snooty that that's true and I and I definitely try to be um self-aware and notice when I I did something shitty which I've I I have a huge groundbreaking announcement for your audience I'm not perfect and I've made some mistakes. Wait, Kuzik, we and asked I've you been to be on asshole. this because we thought you were perfect. Yeah, yes, I'm a, I'm a 100%. On your application under the question, are you perfect, yeah. yes or no, if you check no, we're not hiring you on the show. Yeah, I was born, in, I was born completely enlightened. I'm um, the Dalai Lama squared or whatever. Uh, no, I'm none of those things. So, but yeah, like, I definitely. Are humans born completely enlightened and then we just snuff it out? Yes. I mean, like we are, are we born with the complete blank yes. tablet of like stepping right into a path that will lead us to enlightenment and we just cover it up? Are we just manifestations of the universe experiencing itself? <sighs> yes. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> <laughs> no, Caleb. That's how I felt in No Man's Sky. <laughs> I actually love that you brought that up because I, like, that's a good question to ask. What do you think? Like, really, what do you think? Oh, I kind of think it's what I said. I, I kind of believe humans or human souls are born as just, like, blank parchment. Mm -hmm. And and uh, our culture has a lot of stuff to fill in on that parchment. And it takes a lot to try and erase it or start over. It um, takes a lot. And it takes a lot to realize, like, like, you know, years down the road that your parchment has already been half completed for you before you even knew you had a blank parchment mm. to start with. <laughs> That's how I felt anyways. I felt like mine, by the time I even knew I could have had a blank parchment when I was, like, existed, born into existence, like, it was already filled up with so much bullshit <laughs> 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 that uh, it took a lot of backtracking and just erasing and relearning and just uh, listening which is another point in this episode a lot of listening and learning what point what point in your life do you think you had that moment of like wait i didn't fill all this out I, yeah i don't think it was an aha moment i think it was just over time over time i think it started uh, just kind of like a truth that was developing inside me based on how i was like seeing the world the lens i was viewing it through um and then i think that really took a step forward when i dove into some daniel quinn readings ishmael story of b and now my ishmael i've read all three um i think those maybe the closest i came to like an aha moment of like no nah, okay i feel like this is wrong like how we've been how our culture is built is not how it should have been I'm glad you mentioned that because you told me to read the story of B, and I still have not read it. So you I need to do that. I still haven't oh, read it. I'm Jesus. sorry. I need, I need to do that. I'm sorry. Um, Wait, do yeah, you have I, it? Did we give it to you? No, I think Caleb meant okay. to give it to me last time I was out there, and we I forgot to grab it. probably gave it to someone it. else. I've given it okay. to a lot of people. He gives it to like everyone. And if you're listening to this, I would highly recommend it. Daniel Quinn, Ishmael, or the story of B. Sorry, well, I live right. Daniel Quinn writers. is the author. Daniel Quinn's the author. Yeah. <laughs> Ishmael I live is a gorilla. right down. 
<laughs> I, li I live right down the street from the Edmondson Library, so I could probably find it there. Oh, really? Um, oh, I really? Know that. Indeed. Cusick <laughs> um, lives in our old house. That's true, and hopefully by next year I'll also be living living in a van, but no promises yeah. quite yet. In no our quite, van? Not quite yet. Not necessarily your van, but Dude, a you van. You could totally put a hammock right here above us, like stretching from the door <laughs> back to the bed. I think you're one of sweet. the. I think you're one of the only people I would let live in this space with us. <laughs> well, like I, I don't mind such living a with people, but That's this true. is this is a small space, so I would be a little pickier about who I chose to live in here, and I. You, you oh, pass. Wow, yeah, I pass that's like test. that's like the greatest honor you've ever anyone's ever bestowed upon me. Kizik, I just live... love you and I miss you so much and I think I might start crying. Yeah, I love you too, both of you, and I miss you, incredibly. Wow, is this the end of the show? Right. Well, sorry, <laughs> guys, sorry. Happy at the end. I know. Okay, it's, wait, where are the orgies? It's been a strange year. It's been a strange. <laughs> uh, it's been a strange year, are? 2020. You look Ooh. like a guy who would know where the orgies are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, we should probably start talking about the episode again. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, Kuzik, I want to know this with you. So Caleb says he felt like right. his his um, blank tablet was filled before he even had a I chance to know he had a blank one. Yeah. Did you feel that way, too? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, In a one sense, you know, Caleb said something along the lines of we're born as more of like a blank slate. And, and I and I somewhat agree with that, but I also, I believe I, what did I just say? That we are manifestations of the universe experiencing itself. Yes. So, mm -hmm. um, which, uh, but like you can't, you can. That's like totally true in any way you put it. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> like, no, no in, a, in a in a sense that's kind of a vague statement, but it has a lot of truth to it. But um, rather than a blank slate, um, which I could. I could agree with that sentiment. I would almost argue that I ha I now have a feeling that almost everyone's individual soul is is a small piece of what you might call the universal soul or God soul or however soul you want to word it. And in a sense, Mama Earth, we Mama we God. we are simultaneously born as a blank slate, but we're also born with every sin that's ever been committed and every great thing that's ever happened simultaneously. So we're like everything evil and everything spectacular simultaneously. Well, it's because um, we give meaning to those words. I guess that's true. That's that's a valid point. Um, but, sorry, what was your exact question, uh, Amy? Um, I asked, did you feel the same way as Caleb where he felt like his blank slate was already filled before he was even... Yeah, conscious enough it. to realize he had a blank slate. So you think it's not fully blank, I guess. Well, I certainly don't agree what? with the Christian concept of being born into sin necessarily, although I just yeah. said we're essentially born with every sin but also every great deed. <laughs> we're just so born, I don't know. We're born, I think, with a predisposition for balance, and we've really knocked ourselves out of balance. Does that make sense? <laughs> True. Like, True. Like the, what, the knocks, blank slate. what knocks us out of balance? Um, our culture. <laughs> I think knocks us out of balance with living in accord with uh, the earth and the universe, what Kuzik was saying. I do believe that like, we, our soul is connected to this mm -hmm. uh, channel, this flow, this universal soul or energy or whatever it is. Um, yeah. But I think maybe that's more of it. I think we're born predisposed predisposed to be like be a balanced creature and live in accordance with the universe and the life cycle around us and we've tried to remove ourselves and essentially make ourselves like immortal higher up beings like we were the end all of uh the universe like we were the end this all is of so creation. Ishmael yeah, this is so oh my gosh yeah well I was, I was I was and I think that whole mindset and concept has knocked us completely out of balance and out of line with how we're supposed to live and exist in the universe and it's causing a whole lot of fucking trouble in people's lives. <laughs> that That's true and I know that um, I haven't read it yet but that's essentially part of the thesis of um, Story of B, right? Kind of the, mm -hmm. the culture being an issue. But one thing I would, I would say, which, you know, this comes from also Buddhism, is kind of the greatest 
um, obstacle is desire itself. Although it's, I don't know if that's maybe too simple, but I don't, because you guys are in a, you guys in a sense are creating your own culture now going into van life. And yes, you've definitely been tainted by culture itself, American culture that you were born in, but I wouldn't say culture is inherently bad because you can leave one culture and adopt another or try to create your own culture, can't you? So oh, yeah, like, totally. No, I'm, when I refer to our culture, I guess I'm referring to it in the terms, <laughs> this is super Ishmael now, <laughs> but in the, how Daniel Quinn refers to it, and it's essentially like modern day, um, like like our world, like 21st century, jeez, uh, I don't, I'm blanking here on how to describe it. Takers. But okay, the ta- so so tribal people still exist, and they're a different culture. But pretty much everyone else in the world who is civilized, where he calls them totalitari- totalitarian farmers, which is what we do, we farm. Where we, consumers. Um, yeah, consumers. Basically, that is all one culture, and that's what all pretty much all humanity outside of people and tribal cultures who still exist in like far reaches of the world are. So I guess that's what I'm referencing. So yes, you okay. can't get out of the culture you can remove yourself from the culture but um that's super hard but the books focus on like how our culture came to be the way it is so which is so at war with how life should exist on the planet and as like beings and animals our planet is burning yes yes we're like living at war with (laughs) the planet because we think we're the conquerors of the universe when we should be living in harmony when we should be living in harmony I agree. The good news is, though, I think I do think the Earth will be fine, but we'll kill ourselves. And um, that's cool. That's fine with me. You know, that's I'm fine with me. Too. That's fine I think with the universe me. Has I mean, a way of course correcting itself. I yeah, the, that, that was too. so lost I mean, of you. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> dropping all the references. Go watch Lost uh, people. Go watch go Lost. Watch. It is still well. good. <laughs> that was some Desmond. That was some Desmond. Cusick, you haven't watched it, right? No, I watched all the last. Remember? You watched all of it. Did yeah, I think I constant? finished it. I That's did. I remember. I finished it. I think last year maybe I watched it, and I. Oh. I let, oh, I let you guys. I do oh, remember. We yeah, I remember house. when you came out to visit us. We watched. You were at like season five, so yeah, you probably did finish. Yeah, there's, there's, only yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. You're, there's only six seasons, so. Even if you didn't th- finish season six. You're fine, but fine, I will yeah. say, whenever I do need an emotional release, I always watch the last season finale. Yeah, so that's a little little pro tip. If you feel like you need to cry, but you're not crying, watch something that'll make you cry, and that's my. There coaching. you go. But now, or actually, could... see, actually, episode eight of Midnight Gospel might yeah, be my new one now. But we are not they... talking about that one right now. We're yeah, we're not at episode eight. We're not really talking about episode four, four anymore either. We're yeah, on a whole we different subject. Okay. Well, a little we bit. Um, we well, it. I. Uh, okay. Well, we should try to you. Uh, now I'm not saying words. I'm just uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Anything else on forgiveness? On forgiveness, yes. Um, or what else? I, what else did they talk about? I mean, we at least listening. have tap, tapped well, into like, forgiveness. Honestly, I really oh, like listening. the combo. Like, if, yeah, if I were to say like the two main kind of topics they talk about in this one, forgiveness and listening. Yep. Honestly, if like the more I think about those, I feel like they just go almost hand in hand. How so? Or like back and forth. How so? Because I think forgiveness in itself is a form of listening. And I think listening, like forgiveness to me also kind of um, echoes like surrendering. Like you're surrendering to something. You're letting go. You're letting something be either past you or bigger than you. And you're like making, I don't know. Um, And I think listening is kind of that too. You're making yourself smaller so you can hear more or you can Mm -hmm. receive. Something like, I just like the combo of the two. I thought the combo, it was a great listening and forgiveness i feel like those are always two things that i want to work on more too sorry i i wasn't listening (laughs) (laughs) i forgive you oh well wonderful well i think we just finished the episode right there (laughs) that Um, is really it uh, do you see uh, a connection (laughs) as well kuzik Absolutely. I think I think uh, Caleb just nailed it on the head. Like listening is definitely a huge aspect of forgiveness and of understanding, you know, what we perceive as the other, but we're actually intertwined with and we often lose sight of that. So Um, forgiving someone else is almost forgiving yourself or forgiving the soul of the world. 
it, it definitely taps into that. And that was one thing that I think the episode, that I wish actually the episode tapped into more was the idea of self-forgiveness. I mean, I feel like they talked about it a little bit. and you well, know, That's why we get... have the midday ramblings with Q here. Indeed. Um, uh, which Duncan, or, or Clancy as the character, um, he, he does kind of mention like, you know, struggling with forgiveness and struggling with listening. And you can tell that even though he's not saying it necessarily directly in the episode, I don't think he, you can also see like he has, he struggles forgiving himself too. Um, And I, I definitely think listening in general, um, both to yourself and to others uh, can lead to a, a healthier um, way of learning to forgive yourself because I think that's something I struggle with is like I'm, I'm definitely one of the types that's best at beating myself up like not saying that I don't judge others of course I judge others but like sometimes I'll judge someone then I'll become self-aware of, of it and I'll like beat myself 10 times more than I was beating up someone else mm-hmm. for for it so um you know, learning to not to be less self-destructive or not self-destructive and learning to forgive yourself, uh, I think is very crucial for anyone. And um, yeah, that was something in the episode that I think was very lightly touched on, but I, I almost kind of wish they'd gone into more self-forgiveness because it, it feels more around like forgiving someone that's wronged you, mm-hmm. which is definitely its own heavy topic in itself. But uh, self-forgiveness, I think, is, is also a huge obstacle for lots of people. I think also self-listening is an obstacle for a lot of people. True. I know, I would say personally, as for me, I know when it comes to listening, I think I've always been very, very good at listening to other people, but I have never been very good at listening to myself. I don't even really know. I think I'm just now learning within the last year or two what myself actually sounds like. I think I've always listened to other people first. So I think that's a huge obstacle too, along with self-forgiveness. So things dealing with the self are kind of the harder, it's <laughs> harder things to, to deal diving, with. To yeah. To the self, that's why people don't want to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have either of y'all had a hard time listening to yourself? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, and I also echo what Cusick said. I feel that way a lot too, where I end up beating myself up a lot worse because of how. Like, I perceive myself in a situation with someone. Like, um, and then, yeah, honestly, the reading the, I've been rereading The Alchemist, another book that everyone should read. And uh, mm-hmm. he's talking about where he's lost in the desert at the end. And the hardest part is, like, listening, learning to listen to your heart and, like, listen through the fear, listen through the anxiety, listen, like, and get to the truth. And, like, once that's all settled, it's, like, listening to your heart is connected deeply to the soul of the world. And you can, like access that connection um by listening but it's so hard to get there to get there um are there moments in your life where you feel like you've gotten there listening wise Mm -hmm. i don't uh to where i've listened to the soul of the world yeah i think so i I think honestly on our most recent trip to moab um like our first or second day Cusick you weren't there but you should come to Moab (laughs) come out to Moab actually according I have been to Moab and I will say it is majestic it is Mars like I listened to your Moab episode and everything you said was true (laughs) we talked we talked a lot about how beautiful Moab is yeah oh (laughs) and also I don't I don't know if he's listener number three or number five but shout out to Travis Wilde loved his episodes hope he comes back on Oh, oh cool good to know um, we'll pass it along. But yeah, uh, well, but yeah, we recently saw a spot in Moab where uh, they think a fucking meteorite has hit <laughs> and like oh. destroyed the land in part of Canyonland. So, what Dead Horse State Park looks into, they think part of that was pr- maybe created by a meteorite, mm-hmm. which is insane oh. to think about. Did not know that. There was just a <laughs> there was just a meteor sighting in Pennsylvania, and you know, with this year's with this year's election, I would vote for meteor. Did you also know they discovered that King Tut's dagger was made out of meteorite? I did not. Cool. Wait. Anyone else want to pass on some Didn't King Tut have a butt? He did have a butt. (laughs) What color was it? Did he have a demon in his butt, like, uh, 
What? Trudy's enemy in this episode. Okay. Did you not? Do you not know that King Tut had a butt? What color was it? No. Okay. Then what? I, I I I know that. How are you not in the know, Kayla? So you thought I just randomly pulled that out of my? I ass? assumed it was something, <laughs> but I did not care to hear the end of it. But I still got it. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to hear the end of your. What was I saying? When you have listened. To oh your heart. oh! For some reason, like yeah, going back to Moab this time when we had like two weeks. Um, just uh, journaling one day, I was like, you know what? I need to just listen here. I know I'm going to have, like, however, two weeks here. I just want to, like, listen to what – honestly, I was starting to read The Alchemist, where I started it then. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about, you know, listening to the soul of the world, channeling in. And, yeah, I just – that was one kind of like a mantra. I'm like, just listen. Um, and I felt like I got a lot of it. And that was – yeah, that was one of the first times. But one of my – a big aha moment I had with listening was reading another book, Inner Engineering, by mm. Sahad Guru a few years ago. So and good. He has a quote early on where he says, um, "Man, I'm gonna butcher again, but it's like the the beginning step to all knowledge is the admit is the admittance mm. of you don't know. Like admitting that you don't know is the first step to learning anything in the world. Mm-hmm. But we don't yes. want to admit that we don't know. We'd rather just skip that." and fake it Mm -hmm. um and not listen and just like yeah try to make it through and it's like no take the step back and just acknowledge that you are powerless here you do not have the knowledge and that is like the basis the building the you know the stepping stone to all knowledge um so that really the doorway yeah Yeah. that kind of really Mm -hmm. started to change my perspective on listening um in general to people to uh nature to soul of the world whatever you want to call it yeah yeah, no, to myself, yeah. Yeah, listen to myself. Learn about myself. Like, all knowledge to myself starts with just knowing who you are. As I think Trudy talks about, it's like knowing yourself is, yeah. That, that's yeah, that's, that's very crucial. And I think, no, I think that's a great point is, like, the, be- the beginning of knowledge starts at the understanding of how you know essentially nothing. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think in today's... Um, I'll try not to go on a political rant, but, you know, in today's climate, whether it's the culture or the political climate or whatever, and I've probably spent a little too much time on social media this year because I get I get swept up in election years. Um, just the amount of people that aren't willing to listen, the amount of people who think they know everything, the people who, um, you know, I've, I feel like you should approach everyone as as someone who can potentially teach you something. Yeah. I mean, no approach how. everyone as a blank slate. So, like, no preconceived ideas or notions about them, just a blank slate. Yeah, uh, that, but, like, literally everyone knows at least s- some small thing that you don't know. And maybe you won't uh, discover that the first time you've talked to them. Maybe you will, but it's it's good to understand that everyone has something to teach you potentially if you are in a um, place where you're willing to understand and listen and be, I, I guess, yeah. vulnerable to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, yeah, when they're talking at the end of the episode and Trudy's like, listening is receiving. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a, it's a, and also he calls it respiration. They start uh, mm-hmm. comparing it to oh, yeah. breathing. And I thought that was such a beautiful like metaphor. Um, but she said it's like receiving aliveness. Mm-hmm. It's like, and yeah, that listening is just like receiving knowledge. It's like you are intaking and connecting and meditating and with the soul of the world almost and learning from that. Yeah, it was True. a beautiful episode. Trudy and the cra- crazy animations. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, the animation. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every episode, it's like, I think, oh, this is the craziest This one. is one of the easier or, like, more simplistic storylines to follow, I think, from just, like, A to B. Yeah. But um, I don't understand lo- his butt wanting to eat Oh, his butt had a demon the, in it. Yeah, it's a, it's a ass. There's an ass demon that lives inside Prince Jamroll. The guy's uh-huh. name is Prince Jamrol, but he has a demon inside his asshole. He thinks that... Trudy smells like shit, which is why he rips off his nose and then <laughs> proceeds to walk around by... On his eyeballs. <laughs> on his eyeballs. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it's a very strange. It's a very strange also, visual episode. They have to trade a baby for a, also, a reincarnation no, I think this potion. Needs, but the baby's a bomb. But I think this needs to be said. One of my favorite animations to date is in this episode, and it's in the very beginning when Clancy falls into Charlotte's belly, oh, his yeah. dog's belly, and he's just yeah. like he's his just like belly. soaring through this atmosphere with all these crazy shapes and colors happening. Oh, oh I've been there. Yeah, I've been there too, but that's, <laughs> that's like my favorite, I think to date, that's my favorite little animation series right there. And, oh, one little note. We don't have to necessarily go uh, too deep into this, but I do like that uh, Trudy um, and her uh, boyfriend, who Prince Jamrel uh, killed, uh, you kind of get a little back, beheaded, kind of, you get a little backstory on that. Um, with, well, there's no way I can do this language politically correctly, so I'll just do it incorrectly. Essentially, Trudy has this more, uh, her character in the show has a more, masculine build and her um you could argue her boyfriend is the more feminine of the two um but uh you have this little scene where his uh and i think both of those words are beautiful i love both masculinity and femininity not shitting on either and i don't care which one you lead into no matter She's what like uh, of Tarth. yeah no matter what hardware you were born with uh i i don't care anyway i love everybody and everyone should treat everyone well Yada yada. Anyway, so, but I do love this little backstory scene where um, he's giving Trudy a rose, and he's just like, "You're," or it's like, uh, "I'm I'm soft, I'm soft or, like petals, and you're yeah, I'm soft like petal, and like you're sharp like you're sharp like the thorns, the thorn, and together we make a rose." And it's you know it's it's short and it's kind of this cute sentiment, but uh, I like that the stereotypical gender roles are kind of reversed but there's uh, even though they don't go into depth of what their relationship is like i kind of like that they play with you don't have to fall into your stereotypical gender roles and you can still find people out there that you can uh, mesh well with you know i vibe with that i vibe with that too i did not focus on that when watching the episode i will say that <laughs> well yeah well yeah it's 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 not a hyper focus of the episode it's just kind of this little nice thing that's thrown in there and and i appreciated it hmm, i, like I that. thought it was more that we shouldn't judge people who have demons living in their ass <laughs> was kind of what i the other underlying yet, message i was getting i think from. i've yet to meet a person like that <laughs> or they haven't decided to show me that part of themselves yet well well do you th- do you think you could forgive the person that beheaded your lover? Because I don't think I could. Ooh, Cusick. Damn. That's hard. <laughs> it would take... I, I truly believe I could, because I truly believe anyone could. But it would take a lot of inner work. It would not be an easy process. Yeah, is there anything unforgivable in your mind, Cusick? Is that... Um, ooh, well, we could go into some heavy shit. Um, I, I think, well, I, I'm not saying that nothing, or, or that there's something that is truly unforgivable, but um, as with most, sadly, I don't know, the statistic is what, 33% of women deal with uh, rape or sexual assault, I've had friends, female friends and family that have dealt with that. And that's one of those things that really gets to me. Um, I'll just say I have a close family member that had a terrible experience when she was in her early 20s uh, or maybe even late teens. And it's one of those things where it's like if I've never seen or met the guy who uh, did that. But I don't know if I have the ability to forgive that person. And I don't even know who that person is. Um, but the long-lasting effects and the trauma of that, you know, they linger beyond just that event. Uh, they get passed down into f- other friends, other family, children, etc. So um, I'm not saying it's 100% unforgivable, but it is certainly ugly and it's hard. It's one of those, and I'm sure, you know, there's other, other topics or other things that people could compare, but... Um, that's one of those things where it's just like, if there's a guy and I found out he did something like that to a lady that I care about, be it friend or family, 
it's one of those things where I, I, that's the main thing I think I would struggle to forgive if I could ever forgive it. But I would like to think I could forgive anything, but that's certainly the first thing that pops to mind where it's like an unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. What about you? Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything that's unforgivable? <laughs> or well, what would be the hardest, I, I guess? I don't know. I mean, I think definitely what, with what you were saying, Kizik, I think it echoes what we were talking about, how or how we were talking about forgiveness is an internal thing. Because mm-hmm. you were talking about you don't even know the guy and you're not sure if you can forgive him. So, like, you don't even have to have a subject to attach the like forgiveness to it's like purely like would i be able to forgive someone who did this situation or even if i don't know who it is um it's just like the act of that person um and you know i don't don't know i guess i feel like my dad here would be like well hate the sinner not the sin or hate the sin not the sinner that's (laughs) i was was about to say i was like i think you got that backwards no i'm start counterculture baby hate the sinner (laughs) Kill that mofo. No. Right. Um, I I would like to say no. I would like to say there was, I, I feel like I would, I think working towards like a, a better version of myself would be able to forgive, uh, to have like complete forgiveness of everything. But I don't know, um, you know, if dealing with, if something happened to you mm-hmm. in the situation like Kuzik was talking about, like what that forgiveness would look like. Uh, in front of my face to another person. Does that make sense? I think, I mean, I have not experienced this yet, so I... Hopefully speaking, you never will. I'm speaking from that standpoint. I th- On either end, I haven't experienced that. I think, I just have to believe, I guess, that there's some balance of, like, you forgive them in that you let go of your anger and resentment towards them. Mm-hmm. But I think there is a balance of, like, but you're not necessarily it doesn't mean you have to be best friends with them i don't know i think there is some kind of like balance of letting go of anger and resentment and hate but also like protecting your heart and keeping the good energy within yeah well caleb caleb did bring a good point which is in a sense it's not that i haven't forgiven this individual that I don't even know and have never seen, it's more that I haven't forgiven the sin. And perhaps yeah. I shouldn't forgi- I shouldn't forgive the shouldn't sin. Forgive yeah. But but I should forgive the sinner even though I have no name or face to put with yeah. it. Um and maybe I could. I I think that's a good point. It's like, you know, don't don't hate the sinner, hate the sin. And I guess maybe maybe it would be better if i had a, a name and face because then it would be something that i could be like okay can i forgive this individual even even though i can't forgive the sin itself so maybe it's um maybe it's almost harder to forgive it because i can only think of the sin itself rather than the individual that committed it because i i mean i'm a huge fan of the concept of redemption mm-hmm. and um and we always eventually at some point talk about our christian upbringings you know i think <laughs> The, the concept of emulating Christ is, is like the ultimate goal of what uh, he was trying to do or, or what, uh, what's in the Bible. is like it's not about worshiping the guy, it's about emulating the guy. So um, as far as redeeming people and forgiving, forgiving sinners, even if you don't necessarily forgive the sin, maybe, maybe I was a little extreme because it's, it's one of those sins that I've seen how it's touched individuals in my life and even been passed down uh, to uh, children and other family members. Um, so, but the, if I had an individual to, to point it to, maybe I would, it would be easier to forgive it because there would be a sinner to forgive rather than just the sin to you forgive. You connect to the humanity in the sinner. Exactly, yeah. Rather than just, yeah, hating the sin or whatever. Which they do say roughly like 1% to 4% of the population are either psychopaths or sociopaths, but I have no idea if these um, people that committed these acts were when the, within those 1% to 4%, nor do I know if that percentage is correct, but uh, yeah. That's, a, that's just one, I think that's one I'm going to be sitting with forever. Yeah, You always. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I liked what you were saying, Amy, with, like, I think that directly relates to with um, my parents. Like, I think it took, uh, I like, I feel like I'm in a place where I've forgiven them, 
but I haven't, I'm not communicating with them. Because I still feel like that relationship is no bueno. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Yeah. But I feel like I've moved past, like for a while, and I don't know when it happened. It wasn't a certain moment. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, should I go into this at all? But anyways, You're welcome I'm to. currently not in communication with my birth parents because of um, what I perceive to be a lot of hate that they poured on me and condemnation uh, to hell, essentially. And I decided to kind of cut off the relationship for a while, um, indefinitely, maybe forever. I don't know. I just thought what we had at the point needed to end. Um, and I was really confused at first because it felt like I almost that they had like died or like they had died to me. Who who I knew of them as my parents were, were dead because those people had like damned me um, and just like heaped upon hate upon a lot of things I believe deeply in and like live out. Um, and it was a while after not talking to them where I felt like I had kind of like I was like I feel like I've moved forward with forgiving them, but I have no desire to like repair or or come back to like maintaining a relationship you know i kind of think that's the balance i was hitting on earlier Mm -hmm. of like you find this spot of you have forgiven them so you don't carry all this hate and anger within you daily but the flip side of that the balance is you're not looking to be best friends yeah yeah yeah. but you don't carry that that. yeah you don't carry that with you i feel like that's that's kind of a balance point that hopefully people can reach but even then like there was a there was a time where it's been like about a year now where i was like i do feel like i've forgiven them and then maybe a few months later it's like oh maybe i haven't completely forgiven certain aspects of them but i do feel like i've let go of a lot of the like anger and hate and just like toxicity that was existing between the space of whatever our relationship used to be um so i feel like that's kind of passed and i think that's at least the basis for like moving forward and forgiveness but yeah, even though we haven't spoken a word in like a year. Yeah. As of well, the, I, as of now. As of today. As of today. Right. Right. Which and I'm. Was, yeah. I, I yeah. I don't know if I should comment or not. I'm a little tempted to because I spent comment, many nights. I well, I spent I spent many nights at your parents' house growing up. Uh, listeners, uh, in case you haven't heard, me and Caleb have been friends since oh. since first. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just like, I just hung out under your parents' beds without them knowing. No, um, no, Caleb and I have been friends since since first grade. So, so I I grew up with your parents being. Um, I mean, they weren't like second parents to me, I mean, but they you were. Received the same thing I've received from them as well. Oh, I'm like, well, not not directly, but I'm sure directly. they ju- I'm sure they judge me in a very similar way. Um, but I was used to that because I already got that from your church before I got that directly from from your parents. Same thing, parents, church. Um, it's synonymous at that point. Yeah. Also, 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 fun story. I got kicked out of Caleb's church uh, when I was in high school. But um, anyway, uh, sinner. Thank, thank you. Well, I am well, a sinner. I think I'm finally with you at least. We're finally in the fires together. Yeah, we're we're in the fire. We're I've we're burning together. I've been trying to join you this whole time, and I made it. <laughs> you finally made it. I'm glad you're with me, buddy. But um, yeah, one thing I was gonna say uh, is it almost. Well, obviously, I haven't talked to your parents, but as I see it, this is kind of a simplistic look. It's like th- it's like they want you to come backwards to them and you're waiting for them to evolve forwards and it's like i think they're inevitably stuck where they are and they can't evolve forward i'm not saying they can't evolve forward but they're so hard-headed on this that they're not willing to evolve forward and i think right now forward motion is the main thing both of you are kind of meditating on and focusing on and um i haven't listened to your most recent episode, but I assume you're pivoting into um, into this forward evolution, this forward movement and adaptation. And I think they're a little bit stuck in their old ways. And I think, you know, they, they probably have this daydream of, you know, that parable in the Bible where the father has two sons and one oh, is a good son. son and, right? <laughs> yeah, the prodigal son. I think oh. they're hoping that, I'm, I think they're hoping that you have this moment where you're like, you come back to them and you're like, oh, I've been a sinner and now I'm coming back to Christianity or whatever. And it's like, you might never do that. And 
I don't think they have accepted that. And what if I do that though? Well, I mean, you could. Ooh. You know, my my you my could. mother, I still love you. which I I. <laughs> I still have a good relationship with my parents, but my mother knows that I'm not, I don't consider myself a Christian and it still bothers me and she, or bothers her. And she still tells me, well, she's like, well, don't, don't say you'll never become a Christian again. You might have a moment and you might so come back to it. So it I shouldn't say that I'll that never. it bothers her? Like that's, that was a some, some, t- some Sometimes. It definitely, it bothers her less and less because she, my mother and I, we've we've had some deep conversations and I think she's, come to understand more and more that she and I are very similar and we believe very similar things and I still very clearly am her son but I just don't interpret things <clears throat> the way she does she she interprets things through this Christian biblical lens and I'm trying to do it in more this universal um, well that's a little vague but you know kind of not, not I'm not trying to constrict it into one religion or one uh, ideology uh, ideology yeah. yeah so um but i mean me and me and my mother uh, we have a relatively good relationship um so that's good we definitely had rough years i definitely had a lot of bitterness towards my mother for a very long time um and i also i was probably also her mer- most difficult child in the sense that i was very hard-headed and stubborn so, they all I are was, alike. I think I was the easiest kid for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. LOL. Well, I think also there's probably subconsciously a little bit more friction because you're the only son. I'm one of three sons. Yeah, because I'm the um, head of the church. Why does that matter? Duh, and the family. Well, it shouldn't. That's it shouldn't matter. matter. Uh. It shouldn't matter. But but because of the biblical background, especially a church of Christ where women aren't even allowed to speak in the church, for Christ's sake. It's like I'm the destined um, spiritual leader of the yeah, family to step it's forward. Like, I will if, if we're surrender to you. <laughs> what is, oh, Do as I say, woman. Hell <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, I think there there is, you know, whether they think about it consciously or unconsciously, the fact that you were the only son, so you're supposed to, you know, potentially take over. Well, I don't know if your father ever imagined this, but you were supposed to take over your father's bu- father's business, and you were supposed to become some youth pastor as a side job, and blah. You know, I don't know what he imagined for you, but something like that. That that's smart. actually probably it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was probably his imagination for you. Is you probably took over his business and was a, as a side job like was a youth pastor that's probably and what he I was wanted so close to i was working out of the shop during the summer and majoring in theology God yeah damn. yeah and you're you an intern the, like all the you're things you were, you were on the way <laughs> and then one day your friend cusick gave you mushrooms anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry not sorry um but uh, up on that year anniversary by the way so oh yeah that was uh, that was Halloween last year, man. Right around Halloween. No, it was Halloween Day. Remember, it was October thirty no. first. No, it was not Halloween Day. There's no. It way. was. We could go back and check the travel records. You weren't here. I for will. Halloween. <laughs> oh yeah, you went to a Halloween uh, party. Yeah, I went to a Halloween yeah. party at, with some Whole Foods, some uh, employees, coworkers, coworkers. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> My name's also Jeff Mackey. Maybe it wasn't Halloween. I know I was in Colorado for Halloween day, but I think that might maybe have been left. May, no, I think I left November 1st or 2nd. So maybe it was a few days before Halloween. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Small details. But um, but yeah, anyway, I don't want to over psychoanalyze the uh, the um, friction or relationship between your, you and your parents. I'm, yeah, an, yeah. I'm a third party and I don't want to tell you what they're thinking or what you're thinking because I don't I, know but yeah I brought it up in terms of the uh, connection to forgiveness because I think that's well yeah absolutely been, like my my biggest biggest challenge. Mo- biggest challenge of forgiveness in my life I think or like moving forward and like learning about forgiveness has been in this past year of trying to forgive this scenario these people in this scenario people who are like very close to um that I have no choice but I've been close to they raised me for 18 years <laughs> yeah um, your mom so, grew you in so, her belly yeah, yeah. no and, and I, th- I think my b- I didn't see it <laughs> I guess pigs were didn't happen yet. <laughs> 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 didn't see it didn't happen 
Um, no, no, well, I mean, and I relate to that because I think one of my biggest obstacles was to find forgiveness for my mother. Not that she uh, disowned me in in a that fashion, but she and I just had a lot of arguments and a lot of friction for a while. Never to the point that we weren't speaking or anything, um, but we we definitely had a rocky road. Um, not the ice cream, delicious, but. Um, but, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I think forgiving my mother um, was definitely one of the. Well, be I would say the only one harder than that is is self forgiveness, which is like a daily battle. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, kind of evolving through that, and I think that also probably happened in like my late late twenties. Was I finally kind of hurled, hurdled over that and. You know, I'm very aware that my mother helped make me who I am, even though we now interpret our belief systems in very different ways. We kind of see that we're on a pretty parallel path, even though we don't use the same language about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, so yeah. Do you think and, if you're able to, the more you work on self-forgiveness, because that's something you can work on every day because you're obviously always with yourself, you think the more you work on self-forgiveness, the, I don't want to use the words better or easier, but the, you can forgive others. it Going. helps you forgive <laughs> others or like it helps in that process. Do you think they're connected? Um, I feel like I have an easier I, time forgiving others. I, I would, I would say somewhat, but yeah, I think it's easier to forgive others because, because it's so easy for me to get angry at myself. I have this self-reflection of like, oh, I'm not perfect and I make mistakes, so it's easy for me to empathize with someone. It's like, well, they're not perfect and they make mistakes, so mm-hmm. I should forgive forgive them. But I struggle to um, copy and paste that for myself. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's like, <laughs> thank you for your computer knowledge. Um, <laughs> yes, but um, so yeah, I mean, I think some people it's probably going to be easier to forgive themselves than others for me i think it's harder to forgive myself but because i have a pretty heavy inner dialogue and i and i feel like i always have um yeah forgiving myself is the bigger challenge but because i'm so hard on myself it and i'm very self-aware of my faults um, and my stubbornness that it makes it actually easier to forgive others because i'm like oh they're like me and it it almost it almost feels like it should be me forgiving myself when I'm forgiving others, but I yeah, because you I, see yourself I, in them. Yeah, but I, but I let I let the self hate linger far long longer than the hate for others, and I I can't really explain why that is. Maybe I think actually part of it is um, the Christian culture that I was grown up in uh, that there's. Maybe that wasn't the intention, but there was a lot of guilt and shame that was thrown on um, mm-hmm. on that uh, ideology and that thinking. And I don't, like I said, I don't think that that was necessarily what my church was trying to do. But essentially, that's what they accomplished in doing was making me uh, self-loathe rather than um, self-forgive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, self-love. So, yeah. What so about yourself, something- Amy? Well, uh, 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 Amy, Amy, you Amy. may ask a question. You may, Amy, you may ask a question, but uh, if I may turn it on you, have have any of me or Caleb talking about this? Do you do you see any of that in yourself, as far as struggle with the um, family dynamics or uh, religious upbringing dynamics, where you've you've struggled with a similar similar thing? I. I mean, I more struggle. You, you, I, so we talked about earlier how forgiveness and listening are like uh, intertwined. I think I struggle more with the listening part, and it, like I said earlier, with the listening to myself. So when it comes to forgiveness, I feel like the way I was brought up and the way I was trained, <laughs> or the way I was um, taught and shown, was to look to other people for answers. So whether that comes in the form of forgive, like if I'm thinking about, oh, how do I forgive this person or who can, should I forgive this person, whatever, I always look to other people 
instead of listening to myself, listen to others first because they know better. Hmm. That was a pretty deep um, core value that I picked up on at some point in my in my childhood upbringing. It was like scribbled all over your slate. Yes, you. yes, it was scribbled <laughs> yeah. all over my blank slate. Was that other people know better? Other people know better. Um, more specifically, older people know better. Respect them, listen to them, do what they say. Especially, well, and especially males know better. Uh, oh yes Sub- subconsciously males and like authority figures you just always listen to what they say you don't really question anything and an authority figure is anyone from like my best friend's parents to the president of the united states and everyone in between so i would say something i have always struggled with is just listening to myself on what to do whether that yeah. is in terms of forgiveness or if it's in terms of what should i have for lunch like it's always <laughs> <laughs> it's always like my fur or my wiring for like 25 years was like tuned outwards like listen to other people look at what other people are doing and listen to their words as opposed to turning inward and listening to your own it's like someone has to give you the answer yeah like what yeah and i just like immediately trust and believe that they know better than i do so that is something that i know i have i'm aware i've become aware of within the last few years and since it was so hardwired to me for so long it's going to take a while to like fully rewire that but it is something I'm aware of and like I've been um focusing on and working on but it that's still kind of the default learning to trust yourself yes Mm -hmm. well I trust you and I love you so I hope you learn to trust and love yourself too I think you're doing a pretty good job thanks Cusick pretty good you know pretty tweet tweet um, anyway, what what were you, what were you going to ask though before I, actually, I, I cut you off? Anyway. I don't remember, so I guess it wasn't it wasn't meant to be. Okay. Not this time around. Well, yeah. Well, that's that is interesting that I feel like um, our dynamics maybe fall into a stereotypical religious upbringing for a more feminine character and two slightly more masculine characters of how they reacted to that um i know that's a simplification but but i i i feel like i've uh, your answer essentially doesn't surprise me i guess yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah doesn't surprise me either (laughs) 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 yeah well have you been able to pick out your own lunch (laughs) (laughs) yes i have good Good. Great lunch today. We have it. We've we, see the problem. The how we did it is we narrowed everything down. No meats. No dairies. No. So yeah. So I don't have as many options. made for you. As, as most okay. people. So. There you go. <laughs> so that was well, how I think we overcame that one. <laughs> that was our purpose. Giving you only one option. When you have vegetables. Ask, or when fruit. people ask why I went vegan, I'm like, well, I was raised this you go, way. You're like, listen to episode four of the midday mm-hmm. ramblings with Q, even mm-hmm. though it's not midday yeah. at the time. It's not and midday. Yeah. It's, it's not so midday. not midday it's that we're actually we're FaceTiming Cusick right now, and he can't even see us but wait, because I cannot, it's so dark. But I could see you. Fire. I could see you guys at. Yeah, I could see you guys at the beginning, but now I'm just staring at darkness. Now he can't see it. Staring the sun into has the set. void. I'm yeah, staring, staring into the void. Darkness. And we we're all staring at darkness. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Well, I actually think uh, as far as uh, psychoanalysis, I think they did marketing research, and it was something like people don't like it if they have more than twelve options. They actually like get more stressed. So maybe you guys, yeah, 12? minimizing your. That's something so like many. that. Well they, well, they did something about. I don't remember. This is like I a study that, that I read ab- read about options. years ago. But it was something like when it comes to picking out toothpaste at like the market, if you have more than twelve <laughs> options of toothpaste, most like people get frustrated. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 won't buy anything because they get so frustrated. Okay. So I don't, nothing else can anyway. encourage people to go vegan. That should be it. You have less decisions you have to make. Which yeah. makes it easier to make a decision. Mm-hmm. There Supposedly. you go. Supposedly. Suppo- supposedly, according <laughs> according to some consumer marketers that were talking about toothpaste. But anyway, that was an old that was something that I read about years ago, and I'm probably not even quoting it correctly. So scratch that, whatever. Anyway, don't um, medicate yeah, your kids. <laughs> don't med- don't medicate your kids. Oh yeah. Also, I, I'd I'd like to redact my apology. <laughs> I You're redacting the apology. Yeah. 
Yeah, I haven't even listened. I I listened to part of episode one because I wanted to re-listen to that. And then I was like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. And I know somewhere in episode two, I apologized for it. So I'm going to redact that apology. I was, per I, was, I was perfectly on point. We're medicating kids too much in this country. Sorry that I apologized for it. I stand by it. Um, there okay, it is. Well, 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 let's let's move to the end of the episode and wrap this up. Not because I'm tired of talking to you. I love you guys more than anything. But um, the so the end of the episode, the world ends as it often does. In um, when four shoes. Yeah, Clancy gets four shoes. Four shoes. He um, leaves super drunk. <laughs> he leaves super drunk, and he has Trades Rose, which uh, has healing powers. Although he, but he pukes, pukes on, on it. it. <laughs> right, right, right as the episode ends. Right before the sprinklers turn on his defense yes. system. And, uh, oh, I love, I actually love the song that plays in the credits. The, my, my armor was, was made, made from the king of the, king of the bugs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I a cool love song. I the end in credit songs. They're great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You guys have a last word? maybe to to wrap up the concept of forgiveness and listening it's i won't hard. be listening i won't be listening but if you guys want to say something i, I, I would yeah, say yeah. it's hard but it's worth it to listen and forgive mm -hmm. what makes it worth it like how you feel yeah huh. like it's a self-love practice okay. whether you're forgiving yourself or forgiving someone else you're letting go of negative energy so I think listening and forgiveness both feed into love. Mm -hmm. I would okay, definitely ag agree with that sentiment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, listening and forgiveness are two crucial aspects of love. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, uh, no, a great episode here. I think this is where, I, yeah, I think I talked about this at the end of episode three, but episode four was really good, but now I feel like we're picking into a, uh, to the part of this show where it gets really intriguing both Indeed, visually yes. and conceptually um, yes so Can't maybe wait for we F5. won't wait two months before episode five <laughs> maybe we'll just yes. go ahead and do it tomorrow hopefully ho yeah hopefully we'll uh, we'll pick up these last few episodes a little quicker but i'm sure the conversations will be very long because yeah the the um the, the topics and, like you said, kind of the visual representation in the next few episodes. And um, also episode six is interesting because I think episode six is the only one where he doesn't go into a virtual world. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And has, to has, has to deal with some of his real-life problems, which is very interesting. Um, but, yeah, so, listeners, thanks for listening. Uh I don't know you, but I decided I love you, even though I can't listen to you right Everyone now. I forget. I forgive you for that. You're doing a great job at listening, and you just you're doing a great job at listening. You did a great job at forgiving them for listening. <laughs> did you forgive them for listening? No, I said. I said. Uh, what did I? What did I just say? I said. I said thank you for I wasn't listening. listening. <laughs> yeah, you weren't listening. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> well, I for I forgive you. I forgive you for not listening, and that's a part of love. Love you. Love you too. Peace, peace out. Peace, peace. peace.